Hello and welcome to the Imagineer Podcast, your unofficial guide to all things Disney. I'm your host, Matthew Krull, and you're listening to episode 91 of the Imagineer Podcast. In today's episode, I wanted to share something rather special and close to home. Because as many of you know, as I've shared on the podcast before, Disney has been an integral part of my life long before I started this podcast from literally the time that I was an infant before my earliest memories. Disney has always been such a tremendous part of my life. And whenever I talk to my family, those who are either in my immediate family or my extended family, I find that it's not just important to me, but it's also important to the other members of my family and is it has to do with this tradition that began long before I was even born and is something that I think will, at least I hope, resonate with a lot of you because a lot of you listening probably have Disney family traditions that began either when you were born or before you were born or perhaps you were the first ones to go to Walt Disney World or to Disneyland and you started taking your kids with you and building traditions and memories and continuing on this legacy of Disney vacations or even Disney at home. I find that Disney is such a big part of so many families around the world. So in today's episode, I'm excited to bring on to the show um, three very important people in my life who are my mom and my two uncles. They grew up going to Disney dating back to the 1964 World's Fair in New York uh, to Walt Disney World the first year that it opened and they've continued to visit Walt Disney World and Disneyland and even other Disney destinations with my family, um, with myself, with my sister, with my cousins. And throughout the conversation, I think although the specifics are of course going to be focused around my family, You'll probably notice, and at least I hope that you will, these themes that emerge, these patterns and trends that I think will resonate with a lot of you as well. I will leave those takeaways for the conversation itself, um, but I sincerely hope that you enjoy listening back to these very personal Disney family memories, and uh, I hope it gives you a greater appreciation for where I come from in uh, in my family. and what Disney has meant to uh, to myself and uh, the other members of my family as well. Of course, at the end of the episode, I'll come back and tell you a little bit more about how you can connect with the Imagineer podcast on all your favorite social media channels and how you can help to inspire and create the future of this show. So grab some headphones, pull up your favorite armchair, and enjoy this very personal and special episode of the Imagineer Podcast.
So when we talk about Disney, we of course think about family. That's the heart of many Disney vacations and watching Disney movies together. I think that Disney is synonymous with family and togetherness. And whether your family is a formal family or a group of friends, I wanted to pay tribute to that idea, especially now that it's around the holiday season, by bringing my very own family onto the podcast to talk about our family memories together and more specifically um, their family members before I was even family memories before I was even born uh, about growing up with Disney. So I'm very happy to have onto the podcast um, my mom, my uncle Frank, and my uncle Bob. So welcome to the show, you three. Thank you. Thanks. I'm good. I'm I'm excited to chat with all of you about this. And I, I know you all came prepared with your notes, which is great because I'm sure if I was asked to talk about my family memories from growing up, I would have to prepare my notes too and look back at old photos and videos and anything I could grab my hands on. Um, before we get into the heart of the topic, because you're all new guests, I have to ask my new guests the same questions just so that everyone listening can get a little more of an idea of your Disney personality. I'll start with my mom, just because you're the first one on my screen, and I feel it's appropriate to start with you uh, with my lightning round question. So I want to start with your favorite Disney park. My favorite Disney park is the classic Walt Disney World, Magic Kingdom. Magic Kingdom. I had yes. a feeling you would say, I almost could guess your answers, but I, I, I don't want <laughs> to predict just in case. Yeah. Um, how about it's your favorite? First park, it's the first park I ever went to, and it will always be the classic wonderful memory of Disney for me. Yeah. Hard to, hard to beat the magic kingdom. Favorite attraction could be a ride or a show. That's a really hard one. Um, favorite attraction. I have so many favorite attractions. My favorite attraction for resting yeah. is, um, the, the people mover. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's I, I'll agree with you there. <laughs> my favorite attraction for nostalgia is it's a small world. Mm -hmm. That was going to be my guess. <laughs> yeah. And okay, I'm going to ask you to guess this one. What's my favorite ride? Soren. Yes. <laughs> you know me so well. <laughs> I knew it's a small world. Um, TTA People Mover was a good good addition. And I would have guessed Soren because I know you love Soren. Yep. Um, a few more. Favorite Disney Resort? I think I know this one too. Grand Floridian. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. Could have guessed that one. Yeah. Um, these two, I don't really know. Actually, I think I, maybe I do. Favorite Disney movie and favorite Disney character. Favorite Disney character is the easiest one for me because, again, it's a classic. It's more my time, and that's Cinderella. Mm -hmm. I just love the story of Cinderella. I love the ending of Cinderella. It's the perfect fairy tale. And, of course, then it goes with the castle as well. So it's just another classic for me. Um, favorite movie. So... I, I think one of, again, I have so many movies that I love from, from Disney, but the one that I think probably is my favorite because we've heard it over and over and over and over again in our house and your sister recites it so well is Beauty and the Beast. That's and good. again, another classic fairy tale. Just, I love the happy endings. That's a very popular answer. And I was going to guess Cinderella because I knew your favorite character was Cinderella, but Beauty and the Beast, I think, makes a lot more sense for that reason. So mm -hmm. awesome. I think that definitely gives people an idea of, of your Disney personality. It's very much the classic, nostalgic, 
movies yeah. and and attractions and parks. Um, now, Uncle Frank and Uncle Bob have time have had time to prep their answers. I'll go to Uncle Frank Thanks, next. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Frank, what's your favorite? Uh, I'll do two at a time. Favorite Disney park and favorite Disney attraction. My favorite park is definitely Walt Disney World, and it's Magic Kingdom mm-hmm. by far. And um, I think my close second would be Epcot. Epcot is a classic too. What about your favorite Disney attraction? It's definitely the Haunted Mansion by far. Leaps and bounds. Always has been, always will be. But I have so many others, like Laurie said too, there are so many others that are, I would say, all in second place. I would say the Hall of Presidents, uh, Space Mountain, the... Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Those are all my classics. And I love them all. Absolutely, they're uh, they're all from uh, not not all of them are originals at the park, but they're all all within at least that the last the first few years of the park existing. Um, right. Do you have a favorite Disney resort? Is it Grand Floridian as well, or is it another? It resort? is. Okay. <laughs> second is the Polynesian. Polynesian. That's we I think many times and. Uh, we like the convenience that it's so close. Yeah. When our son was young, we were able to go to and fro very quickly from the park. He was tired. We can go to the, take the bus, the ferry, you know, the monorail. It was just a great convenient location. And the Grand Floridian, you can't, you can't compare. It's just magnificent, especially at Christmas time with the gingerbread house yeah. and playing and, uh, and just, just looking at from across the lagoon at uh, the fireworks, you can see it from there. It had everything. It sure does. Um, what about moving outside of the parks and resorts, your favorite Disney movie? Oh, boy. Yeah, I, I would have to say classic Peter Pan. I always had an affinity for that. And uh, I think the other one, the more modern one, is The Lion King. Yeah. It's just, to me, it just has a wonderful story. The music is just perfect. And we've seen the, the uh, Broadway play several times, and you can't get enough of it. It's just fantastic. Lion King's an excellent choice. That's my favorite. And uh, favorite Disney character? Well, Mickey. Can't, can't deny it. Mickey is all the way. I'm, I'm a dating myself, but I remember watching uh, Mickey Mouse Club and all the other... Uh, cartoons and uh, uh, maybe Goofy comes uh, in his second place, but definitely Mickey Mouse. Didn't you Mickey's actually great. watch Walt um, create the Mickey character, Frank? <laughs> yes, I did. Yes, I did. <laughs> I was actually next to him when he did it. Yes, back okay. in 19... <laughs> I just wanted to clear that up. Okay. He's going to kill me later. <laughs> <laughs> to, to be fair, I also saw the Mickey Mouse Club, but not the original, the revival of the Mickey Mouse Club well, <laughs> a few yes. decades later. <laughs> airing of it i did see it repeated years later i stole exactly um excellent well well great answers also in the classics but slight changes uh to some of the specifics and uh uncle bob last but not least we'll go to you so um how about you for your favorite disney park and your favorite disney attraction so favorite park would definitely be Walt Disney World, but since I'm the black sheep of the family, I'm going with Epcot rather yes. than Magic Kingdom. That would have been um, my guess for you. <laughs> I, I just have an affinity for Epcot from the day that it first opened 
uh, walking through uh, the communicores, going through uh, Spaceship Earth when it was open. You'd make reservations for uh, restaurants and hotels and the music playing. Uh, the wide open spaces, you didn't feel like cattle, you know, sometimes during the busy seasons. So I would definitely have to go with, uh, with Epcot for myself. Um, as far as the attractions, um, a moment of peace, please, for Horizons, which is my yeah. favorite attraction of all time. Mm-hmm. And then as far as the current attraction, it would have to be staying in the theme of Epcot. It would have to be American Adventure. Love American I, Adventure. Enough of that. In fact, in, in uh, Disneyland, I'll go into... Um, uh, um, was with uh, not Great whole, moment Lincoln. with Lincoln, just yeah. to listen to uh, to the Golden uh, Dreams at the end end of the attraction. Yeah, I love how they have that at the end of the of that show. Yeah. Um, how about your favorite Disney resort? Probably it's a tie between Grand Californian and Grand Floridian. Um, Grand Californian only because we stayed there uh, quite a number of times where we've not had the opportunity to stay at Grand Floridian. Um, and at Christmas time, when we usually go to Disneyland, except for after this year. Yeah. Um, but it is just like the Grand California, uh, Floridian, I should say. It is decorated so beautifully, a huge tree. Um, they have uh, a huge gingerbread house, just like they do in the Floridian. Um, and the carolers, uh, just, and the convenience of getting into California Adventure uh, within seconds. Well, it used to be within seconds, now security within minutes, but still. <laughs> You can get there really quickly. So I would have to say the California would be number two, number one with the Floridian close number two. Yeah, good choices. I we went to Grand Californian for Christmas time specifically this past year, and I, I got that same warm feeling walking into it uh, with with the Christmas tree, and they had the piano player playing yeah. some Disney Christmas music. It was it was really really low key and pleasant. Um, how about favorite Disney movie and favorite Disney character? So movie, oh God, there's so many good ones. I would I have know. to say probably, probably Mary Poppins. Yeah, I can I never, love Mary watch, Poppins. never watch enough of Mary Poppins. Definitely. And, and the Feed the Bird sing, scene always gets to me. <laughs> Just listening to the music, uh, the way that Julie Andrews sings it, and that whole scene, uh, it's a very surreal type of a scene. And it's a, to me, it's a very moving um, part of the movie. So I, I love Mary Poppins. As far as characters uh, like Frank, I have to go, you know, real old school and say it's Mickey and Minnie. Because um, when Connie and I go to uh, Disney, we always think of ourselves that way. We, we get Mickey and Minnie, you know, uh, uh, figurines and things like that. So I would definitely say Mickey and, and Minnie with a second. Excellent choices. Mary Poppins, by the way, I think is one of the few classic films that transcends generations the best because even my, you know, me watching it the first time and even more as an adult, I appreciate it even more. Um, that film doesn't get old. It's the mass, the message behind it, the music, the, it truly was a work of a masterpiece, uh, the way that it was put together. Um, and I'm, I'm assuming that in 50 years, it'll still have the same relevance and, um, appeal with audiences that it, that it has now and has always had. Um, so as we're, we're talking about, um, you know, now that we, we've got to know a little bit more about you specifically as we're talking about our, our memories and that's sort of a good little warm up round, I want to go back to, and most of this episode will be about before I was even born, and talk about more generally growing up with um, Disney in your life. I know Nana, for instance, loved Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. So I know that was a big part of her life. And I'm sure that that was a part of your childhood. So 
Um, I'll, I'll throw this out to, to any of you who wants to start, but can you give us an idea of how Disney was a part of your life from early childhood, whether that's movies or at home or any, any other way that Disney came into your life? Well, I would, I would say that, you know, growing up, our family was more of a, um, a Disney-esque family than, um, a, um, Yellow Submarine family. <laughs> I and Lauren Frank will appreciate what I mean by that. Um, it was, uh, you know, the Mickey Mouse uh, Club, like Frank said. Uh, I remember that also growing up. I remember sometimes being sick on the couch, and that's what it was on the one TV, the black and white TV in the house, um, and, uh, and Davy Crockett. You know, that was all on TV. And, the, of course, the wonderful world of Disney on Sunday, Sunday evenings. Uh, we grew up with that as well. Exactly. I was going to say the same thing. That was really – Mickey Mouse Club was my first – introduction to uh disney and uh then wonderful world of disney on on the uh weekend sunday nights we used to watch that and uh, i was fascinated by everything that they had i mean they they also had some very educational pieces with animals and the and the environment but more so they would give you kind of you, you felt like you were traveling um through a portal through that show to see all the, the different kinds of people in the world, the cultures, um, and also the cartoons and the, uh, the fun part, which was, as a kid was watching cartoons, but that was definitely one. Then seeing the movies, like Bob mentioned, uh, Mary Poppins, that was definitely a, a big uh, introduction. And, uh, and also there was a lot of times I used to see, uh, cartoon, you know, comic books and so forth. And they would have Mickey Mouse in the uh, comic books and they would have, um, I believe it was in um, 1966, I think it was, was the first time that I think we had seen um, in the movie theaters a cartoon, a movie. I think it was, um, I, I can't remember right now, I apologize, but there was some movie that we saw around that time that was also an introduction to us. And then eventually it was the, oh, the other thing was 1964 when we went to the World's Fair. That was a big, big introduction to it. The, uh, uh, it's a small world after all. I never, I never forgot my father said, stop singing that song. <laughs> we, were all, we were all humming it or singing it and he went, we said, Enough already. <laughs> we had the 45 playing it over and over and over again, didn't we? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And the, and the Carousel of Progress, um, you know, and it was just a wonderful, wonderful experience to have. I, I want to, of course, come back to the World's Fair. Um, but, Mom, do you remember, did you get to see Mickey Mouse Club and Wonderful World of Disney as well? Yes, but my recollections are not as vivid as... Frank and Bob's. Um, I do remember you mentioned about Nana loving Snow White. And I have to say that she's probably a close tie to my favorite Cinderella. And mostly because Snow White loves animals and I'm a huge animal lover. So for me, I, lots of times I say to myself, I feel like Snow White because I'll be out there feeding the squirrels or I'll be feeding animals, you know, birds and and it's just, I can so relate to, to her and, you know, very similar endings of the story between Snow White and Cinderella. Again, you know, living that happily ever after. And that for me is just, is, I've always 
wanted to be that happily ever after type of person. So, um, so I remember a lot of, a, a lot of that. I remember Snow White was, was huge to me when I was, when I was little, I just, you know, admired her so much. She was this beautiful princess and she, you know, was so strong and pulled through all these challenges in her life and found her, her prince charming. And so, um, yeah, so my recollections of the shows were not as vivid, but certainly the movies more so, I would say. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. If I could add also, yeah. with, uh, as far as mom is concerned, our mother, <clears throat> she also loved The Seven Dwarfs because of Snow White. Yes. And I remember going down one of our trips, I guess, in the late 70s, and we had to, Connie and I had to go to the stores. Uh, I think it was actually the trading post in Tomorrowland. Um, and I think it was not the trading post. Um, what's the name of the main gift shop in Tomorrowland? It's probably changed names at, oh, if, even Space at this point. Port, something like that. Mm -hmm. And um, they sold the seven dwarfs, dolls of the seven dwarfs. And we had to make sure that we got those for her because she loved the seven dwarfs. I remember you getting those for her. Yeah. And then yeah. driving them back in the car. So it was me and Connie and the seven kids, the seven dwarfs. <laughs> <laughs> in the back seat going on. Along I-95, that 16-hour drive. Singing hi-ho, hi-ho all the way uh, home. They're throwing being thrown at the window as we go, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I mean, that's, that's, that's a great, um, I, I think that the fact that Nana had that, that love for Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs definitely carried through into, um, into sort of a foundation for, for loving Disney from a young age. I know I remember going over to Nana's house and, and seeing the Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs figurines and, um, that always, I always knew that Disney was a part of, of her life in some small way as well, in addition to, to my own. Um, which is one of the great things about Disney. So Uncle Frank, you brought up the 1964 World's Fair and being in New York, I literally just passed it last weekend for the first time in a while. And it always is surreal to me. And I took one trip to Fleshing Meadows Corona Park just to see where everything would have been. And I think where Carousel of Progress was, or then it was called Progress Land, is a soccer field and it's a small world. It's just a, where that was is, is a, an open you know, a bit of grass. And then, of course, they had the Ford um, Skyway and the great moments of Mr. Lincoln attractions. Um, Uncle Frank, I'm sure you probably have the strongest memories of that of the three of you. Mom, you probably have none, but, and Uncle Bob might have some. But uh, I guess I'll start with targeting Uncle Frank for this one. What do you remember about uh, the 1964 World's Fair in addition to Dry, uh, singing it's a small world and driving pop crazy <laughs> yeah exactly well i have a lot of very fond memories and most of them are um of the main attractions they had there but one of them in particular was which was not an attraction was the fact that when you got out of your car and you walked over the bridge across the long island expressway the first thing that you experience is the wonderful, amazing smell of the Belgian waffles that they had there. And that's where they introduced it to basically the New York people. And the fact that to this day, every time I think of the World's Fair, that's the first thing I think of. And also when I make, I actually make them at home now. I make the Belgian waffles. Mm. 
they just don't smell as good as they did then. But <laughs> it's one of those things I just can't forget. Um, the other thing is that the Disney ones that were very memorable, as I said before, was this small world after all. The Carousel of Progress, which was just remarkable. I remember thinking always the futuristic side of what they had there. And of course, the last scene that you see of the you know kitchen and the stove and the microwave, you know, the smoke coming out of it, all that, that is so memorable. Then, of course, the other thing that was so memorable was the uh, they had the animatronic of President Lincoln mm -hmm. giving his speech. And I swore that that was a person with a mask on. As a kid, you think, no, that can't be, you know, a machine. That's, that's someone there. That's someone in that suit, you know, like a mimic, you know, doing that scene. Um, but that was, that was the uh, Disney side of it. The other thing was I saw a jetpack, a guy with a jetpack on his back flying around the World's Fair. I was so fascinated by that. That was, to me, like out of this world. And the ironic part about that was a couple of years later, actually about a year or so later, <clears throat> on the TV series The Lost in Space, there was an episode where they had the jetpack again. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it was where uh, John Robinson was flying back. And I was, again, fascinated by them. Like, oh, I, I just got to learn how this works. And I was trying to think about like any other time I saw it. And then just ironically, the other day, Sean Connery passed away. And then I said, that's where I saw it again. In Thunderball was a scene where Sean Connery was escaping um, his enemies and, and he used the jetpack. And I remember at that point, I had, was so fascinated by it, I had to look it up. And I looked it up in a library. I know that's kind of outdated nowadays. I still use <laughs> the library. In a library <laughs> in a books, and I found that uh, those jetpacks were actually hydrogen peroxide at 95%. And I thought, oh, we have hydrogen peroxide under our sink. And it's not the same. <laughs> that's usually 2% or 1%. So the government only has the, you know, the high concentration of it. And that, under pressure, gave the jetpack the ability to uh, have someone fly with it. So I remember that distinctly. Um, of course, the Unisphere. And another thing that's not an attraction, but at nighttime, how everything was lit up and it was magical when you saw it. And um, I got that same feeling the first time I went to Walt Disney World. That was the same feeling I got as I had with the World's Fair. It's interesting. The things you're talking about remind me of that awe of going to Disney. You see technology you've never seen before that blow you away. You, you smell things that you remember decades later that still bring you back to that moment. The lighting and the overall feeling of being there are very Disney-esque, to your point, without necessarily being Disney specifically. Um, right. Uncle Bob, I saw you, you, mentioned, you kind of hinted that you also wrote the Belgian waffles. So I did. <laughs> you remember that too? Frank and I could not have a more opposite <laughs> feeling about the waffles. <laughs> Frank and I were so close, and yet we have such different memories about this. Um, so for me, the Belgian waffles is a never-ending source of um, 
uh, I, I basically got sick after having oh. a mouthful of strawberry and whipped cream, right? And uh, Frank's nodding his head because he knows that. <laughs> and I got very sick that night. And because of the association with that, to this day, I cannot enjoy a Belgian waffle with strawberry and, stro- and whipped cream. I do like Belgian waffles, but not with strawberry. So, yeah, I had the complete opposite um, memory of the waffles, but I do remember it very, very well. Uh, for me, that, like Frank said, that, that walkway, as soon as you get into the, uh, the park arena and those flags, which makes it feel like, uh, like an Olympic stadium in a way, mm-hmm. and then walking in there and just seeing the scope of all these buildings. And back then, everybody dressed up. I mean, <laughs> you, you went to the park, and men wore suits and ties, which you think about right. now, it's crazy. It's the summertime in New York, <laughs> 75, you know, dew point and 90 degrees. And they're walking around with their suits and ties on and the women have, you know, their blouses. And, um, you know, it's just, it, it's just kind of weird when you think about it in today's standards, but that's how it was. And just going through, I, I remember some attractions very vividly, not as much as Frank, but I do remember quite a bit because I was about five, five years old yeah, at the time. So I do remember um, the helicopter ride, which was kind of like where we grew up. There's a, there was this very small park called McGinnis's, and they mm-hmm. had this helicopter. You know, it's a carnival kind of a ride, and you go around and around and around, and you push the bar to go up and down. And they had the helicopter, but on a bigger scale. They had that at the World's Fair. And I thought that was really cool. Um, I do remember the, the water fountains, which to me was the most Disney experience that I can remember at night. It was just these beautiful, like we had never seen anything like that before, these water fountains that would go you know, mile high and all lit at night with different colors. And they put a show on. So, I mean, of course... You know, the world of color now at Disneyland is is light years ahead of that. Of course. But watching that at the time as a kid and seeing these jets of water synchronized with music, it was it really was very magical. Um, and then the jetpack that Frank mentions, uh, I absolutely remember that as well. Um, I also remember being so amazed uh, with Lost in Space, which was one of my favorite shows as a kid, uh, when Professor Robinson had that jetpack on. And like Frank said, the Thunderball as well. And I think the story with the jetpack is that it only lasted like 30 seconds. Right. So when, yeah. when you see it, right? So when you see it like in Thunderball and or in Lost in Space, it looks like they're flying a long distance. Basically, it's all cut because they had to get up and down within 30 seconds. Otherwise, <laughs> they'd crash. <laughs> that was it. So I remember that. Um, be, beyond that, I do remember Carousel of Progress a little bit. Also, it's kind of hard to tell because luckily uh, our father did take movies at the World's Fair. So at some point, I think we've all had this experience, whether it be movies or video, depending upon your age. We all have this uh, not knowing, is it a true memory or is it a, a film or a video of us when we were young that we, we remember, we play it over in our minds over and over again. So I don't really know if it's a pure memory or one that we have on film. But I do remember, you know, walking around the park, um, going to the, um, I think it was, it was the GM Pavilion, I believe it was. Um, that was pretty cool. And just, just the architecture and the, uh, the sphere, the globe. It was just, it was, uh, I think, our first um, entry into an amusement like that, that Disney ended up 
you know, embodying that and then of course expanding way beyond it. Right. That makes a lot of sense. I could only imagine because now that when I go again, the few times that I either pass the park or, or walk into the park, it would be almost like now if Epcot had somehow <clears throat> closed down or they moved it somewhere else and they kept Spaceship Earth where it was and some of the buildings, but otherwise it was just a park to walk around. It was, it almost has that same feeling. You could feel the history and what happened there, but you can't exactly, like in my case, of course, I wasn't there, but it's great that you have some of those memories still from the fair. Go ahead, Uncle Frank. I was going to say, I also have just a couple others that came to mind. um, I remember walking by and seeing this large carved statue which I didn't quite understand, but my mother had told me it's uh, a Pieta. It's Michelangelo's Pieta. And it was at a Vatican pavilion they had. And I didn't know what that meant at that time, but it was very moving to me. If you know what the Pieta is, it's uh, Mother Mary holding Jesus as he as he passed. Madonna. Uh, it's... Uh, it was something that triggered something in me that I felt so uh, emotional about, even at a young age. I had the opportunity years later to go to the Vatican in Rome and see it there and see it before they, uh, you know, you couldn't go up to it anymore. Um, And it was, again, an extremely moving um, experience, but something I remember distinctly seeing many, many years before that. Uh, I also remember there was a picture phone. A, they had a telephone. I think it was, I, think, I guess it was New York Telephone or some, or maybe GE. I don't remember what the company was that had it as a uh, as an exhibit, but it was a picture phone where you could actually see someone talking to you. And I thought, that is so cool. And look at today, you know. Look at us now, you know. That's right. <laughs> How we're recording yeah, this. <laughs> so uh, a lot of things they had there are all true today. And um, the last thing I was going to say is that I remember walking into some pavilion and there were these huge dinosaurs. And they were lifelike in size. And I was just, you know, a little kid. So I'm looking at this thing thinking, oh, my God. You know, it's just amazing to me. And um, I'm sure there's others I just can't recall right now, but that's enough. I mean, I, I got to tell you, it, to me, it was for someone who never went to D- D- Disneyland to experience something like that. It was our Disneyland on the East Coast. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, they ended up bringing most of those attractions to the West Coast to put into Disneyland. But then eventually we got one. We did get Carousel of Progress in Walt Disney World after that opened. What do you, kind of going from the fair um, to Walt Disney World being, you know, the World Fair was, of course, almost 10 years before Walt Disney World opened. So um, I guess I'll I'll start with mom since we left you out with the World's Fair. What were some of your first memories of Walt Disney World? I believe you went a few months after it opened, just in early 1972 or in the summer. Well, I'm going to actually, I am going to step back to the the World's Fair. Yeah, go ahead. And um, Bob said it very clearly about how I think about this. So um, 
I really don't have my own memories because I think I was only like two at the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I don't really have the memories of being there, but I just looked at the, the film that dad recorded and I thank you because I, I, my, my brothers are awesome. They're like, they're, you know, they're so good with all this stuff. And, the, you know, Bob and I thank you for putting that on, on film, you know, recording it for us. So I was looking at that and I was looking at all the similarities of World's Fair to Disney World. And so, Matthew, when I looked at the first attraction that came on film from us being there was a scene of us in it's a small world <laughs> and there is this recording of me this film shot of me sitting next to my mom in the boat and it's almost like a silhouette because it was dark inside of course you know back then the technology you couldn't really film that well in darkness so there's silhouette of me and we have the same same video of you and it's a small world yeah. when we went and took you for the first time so it was it was just it was just so like i don't know it was the connection there was amazing. Um, also seeing from the film when, you know, what dad had recorded them was, you know, the similarities like, so Mickey Mouse was there and Mickey was directing a band and it sort of reminded me now of like, you know, fan Fantasmic, right? Um, the World Showcase, I saw um, video um, of, of some of the pavilions, you know, I think it was Japan and Thailand. And then there was this cathedral and I was like, what is that cathedral? So I looked it up and it was the Mormon cathedral and while those buildings i don't believe are still there just driving by whenever i drive by that park now that whole you know area in flushing and i see the sphere it's just it's i love that they left that there i i wish that they could bring it back i've so many so many times i've wished that they would just bring it back to, to that area um and I know it was amazing memories with our family. And that's probably where my roots come from because we always had these incredible times together and these wonderful family moments together and these happy times. And I think, you know, when, when Frank and, and Bob and I always talk about our childhood, this is part of who we were as children and as a family. We always did these amazing things together. And so that sort of leads into, I guess, what you were asking me about going to, to Disney World. So, um, you know, as a child, we went to Disney lots of times and our first trip was in 1972. And our grandparents lived in Florida and they lived in on, on the West Coast, just about an hour and a half from, from the parks. And so we would go there, especially during like Christmas time, you know, you'd have We'd have time off from school. We'd take a family vacation. We would go down there, and and so we would visit them and and go to the park. And it was like I said, only an hour and a half away, so it wasn't very far. You could drive there. You could drive back. So we did that. And then, of course, years later, we you know we we would go and and then you know your dad and I went and we took you when you were only four months old. And again, that goes back to that video of you know, you sitting in, it's, it's a small world in the boat. And I have this, this video of you where you're recording and I, and I'll never forget the look on your face of your astonishment. You were just so, you were four months old, but you were so fascinated with the lights, the sounds, the music, the attractions, the dolls moving around, the colors, because the colors are so vivid. And as a, as a baby, you know, children, babies are attracted to colors and music and all of that. So your 
eyes were as big as I've ever seen them. <laughs> Your mouth was wide open in astonishment and you were so fascinated. And it was just like the greatest moment taking you on that ride. It was just, it was so awesome to see your reaction to that. And then all of the other rides that we went on, it was, it was such a great trip. And it just brought me back to my childhood going there for the first time and remembering how amazing it was for me. And when we went there for the first time in 1972, we went with our parents and our grandparents. And so I've looked through many times, you know, photos that we have of that time. And the characters are so basic. When you look at the characters, right? When you look at the characters now, they're, they've, they've really graduated. Yes, know? they have. <laughs> they've, really, they've gotten so good. But we look at, you know, the, the, um, the parade, that Main Street parade, and you look at the characters and they were, I mean, they were fascinating back at that time and similar to what Frank talks about with, you know, Lincoln, you know, thinking it was a real person. But now if you go to the Hall of Presidents, it's I'm sure far better than it was back in the World's Fair. So, um, but it's still, it was still so magical for us then. And just like anything else, as, as progress has made, things become more and more realistic. But for us, man, that was just, that was amazing. It was an amazing trip. Every time we went was an amazing trip. It was an, an uh, an awesome family memory, wonderful times, and I'm so glad that we did those. I'm so glad that we went. Absolutely. Yeah. Go ahead, Frank. No, I was just to say, absolutely, totally agree with you, 100%. Yeah, absolutely, me too. And if I could add, um, speaking of that first time we went down, 1972, um, and Frank will remember who they were, but you know, there were no, speaking of favorite hotels, there was no, of course, Floridian or Contemporary, or really, it's just being built. So it was just basically Motel Sixes, right? All over the land. <laughs> Howard Johnson. A friend of like Howard Johnson, right. And a friend of the family's, right? They had a hotel, uh, a, you know, like a Motel Six kind of a hotel uh, down in that area, right, Frank? Right. Yeah. And we stayed there one night. Yeah, we stayed there one night. Yeah, so it was so different, um, you know, back then to think about when he, when Walt uh, bought up all that land over the years, under uh, different trusts and different names and then put together this this amazing park that nobody really knew what to expect and to see it over the decades how the economy um has just you know latched on and, and grown grown so tremendously uh because of disney and i can still think back in my mem memories back in 72 because we were teenagers and to, to remember what it looked like and just just open land it was nothing there uh, it's really quite quite amazing. Well, you were a teenager. I wasn't. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're a little baby sister. You're, old, so you're older. <laughs> you were just a little baby. <laughs> but I remember the tickets. And I oh, remember yeah. that, you know, the A, B, C, D, E. And I remember that all the ones I liked were E. Of course. I think one or two E tickets. And our dad was, you know, obviously with three kids and the five of us trying to uh, um, go to these parks, it was pretty expensive that you might say. So we had to be very careful to use those E's wisely. And also, if to be fair, if there's a ride to say Bob or Lori wanted to go on, that was an E, and it was different than what I wanted to go on, sometimes I lost out. <laughs> it was okay, because you know what? No matter what ride it was, it was always fun. It may not be the one I really liked the most, but it was one that was the uh, was fun for everyone. We all had a good time, no matter how you look at it. We all had fun. 
the one the one rod I could never understand why it was an e-ticket was twenty thousand leagues under the sea. I could yes. never <laughs> to me I could never understand how it rose to the level of an e-ticket. It was like <laughs> maybe a C, you know, but definitely not an e-ticket. It just even as a kid, it just didn't have that, you know, that excitement uh, about it. Yeah, I love that. Even though we don't use e-tickets anymore, A B C D e-tickets, that still is the terminology used to describe attractions. And I know kids listening who were born after 2000 understand what an e-ticket is mm-hmm. because it's just the yeah. terminology being you know used to to kind of benchmark where an attraction falls in popularity or technology or innovation. Um, right. So that's that's cool to hear. Um, any other memories from that that first trip or going in? I guess the seventies before, before having kids. Before having kids, yeah. how, how geeky we looked. <laughs> 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 oh my God. The fashion back then. That's yeah, right. I remember the sunburns too. We used to get a lot of sunburns. <laughs> but, and I, the I'll go back to what, what Frank had said earlier and Laurie about Magic Kingdom. Obviously, you know, Magic Kingdom has a lot of memories for me too. And I love Magic Kingdom. Uh, and Haunted Mansion also in the Magic Kingdom is by far my favorite ride. To this day, I will still go on it, get off, get back on again, get off, get back on again. Just keep on going around and around like we do with Horizons. That was a great mm-hmm. ride for, for doing that. Um, it's just it, it never it never fails me as far as entertainment. And at Disneyland, since you know we do live close to the West Coast now, um, going to Disneyland to, during this time of the year, which again, unfortunately, I missed not going this year, but... Uh, to see the transformation uh, first for Halloween and then for Christmas and to see a nightmare before Christmas transformation at Haunted Mansion is just amazing what they do. And that's actually probably my favorite ride of Haunted Mansion, even beyond the traditional version because of seeing that transformation. Uh, so, uh, but I, I remember that in Pirates, of course, you know, those, those rides are 72. They didn't have Pirates yet today in Disney. No, World. it was a year off. I think yeah, it's 73 it, is when it opened. It in Disney World. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to take a slight detour while we're talking about the 70s before we get to the 80s, although it was not at the time Disney, I have to ask if you remember going to see Star Wars the first time. Oh, <laughs> yes. I remember those lines where it took me two weeks to get in to see it. Every time you went there, you're on this long, long line. And of course, many times you get about 10 people from the door and they go, sorry, sold out. And then you wait for the next one and then... Sorry, sold out. So it took about two weeks for me to get to see it, but I think I saw it five times. <laughs> and in, in a, within like three months. <laughs> and, and I'll add, I'm sure Frank and Laura, you'll appreciate it and, and don't mind me telling the story. But um, so, like Frank said, you can wait online for hours. I mean, literally, it'd be a, like a two hour wait to get in to see Star Wars. And it was a great date movie. So, Kai and I were actually dating at the time. So, it was a great date movie. And, um, but I will never forget, and Frank and Lori know the story very well, uh, that we took our grandfather uh, to go see uh, Star Wars. Now, understand my grandfather loved movies. You know, he, throughout his life, he had a number of different um, hobbies, uh, to say the least. And he loved creating films, including of Frank, Lori, and myself as kids. He would create scripts and, and we would act out these films, which today is among one of the most cherished things that, that we, we have. It's just amazing that he took the time to do that. He was very talented. He actually used to run, he was a projectionist, not somebody like a magical projectionist, but projectionist <laughs> as far as back in the 1920s, um, he actually in the theater would hand crank the projector uh, to show movies. So 
uh, he was very much into Hollywood and film and all that. And so we thought we're going to take him to see Star Wars. You know, the special effects, the story, everything. He's going to love this. When we got to the theater, he's like, that is the worst movie I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> it made no sense, he said. It, it made, made no sense. sense. Yeah. So, um, so I remember that very clearly. But uh, yeah, going, like Frank said, uh, going back, you know, so many times to see Star Wars when it first came out, uh, that, that was one of the best films. And yes. also, our grandfather, in a way, looked a little bit like Walt Disney. He had that little oh, yes. mustache. Yes. Had the same kind when of When he was younger, especially. Yeah. Yes. Very debonair. I agree. That's very interesting. I, I don't think I've seen, um, I'll have to, you'll have to show me a picture of what he looked like back then. Um, I've seen some of the movies that he's done. Thanks that, you, that you've shown me some of those, but <clears throat> the memories of what he looks like when he was younger from photos, I don't remember as clearly. Um, so moving into, not to go just totally decade by decade, but I know Epcot opens in 82. So it was a short time later or 10 years after, uh, 11 years after Walt Disney World opens. And around the same time or a few years after is when, um, Uncle Bob and Mike was born. So, uh, I'm curious if you have, first of all, any memories, I know Horizons is a big memory, but any memories from... Epcot in the early days, and then um, kind of transitioning from that, memories of uh, you know having Mike around uh, in the in the '80s at Disney. So there's a lot of memories I have. Um, one of my one of my favorite though, which is I think worthy of telling a story. Yeah, you can really appreciate it nowadays. Is that. I wanted to, like everybody now goes to Disney, we have our cell phones and we take it out and we record it. So we have a video. It's so easy to take it out of your pocket and just record. Well, that, of course, was not the case when Epcot first opened. But when Epcot first opened, it was like 83, I believe it was? 82. Um, 82. October 1st, 82. Yeah. Almost so 83. Pretty much, okay. And that was pretty much the onset of video recorders, at least portable video recorders. So back then, your recorder was two separate. You had a recorder deck and you had a playback deck. And you had a camera, which is worthy of ABC TV. Yeah. And that is the size of it. It was a shoulder-mounted camera. So now imagine going down to Disney and Mike was, you know, we went since he was, you know, just a few months old, like Laura, you mentioned with, with Matt, the same thing. You took him down to six months old. So uh, we had him and a stroller. Thank God for the stroller because that wasn't for Mike. That was for the camera. <laughs> so we had the recording deck with this long cable connected to a camera, a shoulder mounted camera, and I would video all the attractions. So like on Horizons, I'm sitting on Horizons where Connie has Michael on her lap, but I've got the video on my <laughs> and we're going through the ride. And, um, but that's great because I have all these videos now of a lot of these rides that don't exist anymore, but more importantly, rides of my family um, going through, uh, through Disney uh, back at that time. So that's something I'll never forget. And also trying to go see um, Illuminations uh, or the version of it back then and record mm -hmm. that. And of course, the uh, you know, doing nighttime recording with the game wasn't very good back then. So didn't see too much of it. So I remember that. I remember uh, that in Germany, uh, they have a the store that sells um, uh, sweatshirts. And that came in handy one day when you have a young child who doesn't take to milk very well, if you know what I mean. So we had to replace his shirt. So thankfully they had that at the store. So these are just weird memories, <laughs> very personal memories, but 
I think everybody listening can, you know, has their own memories of, of Disney that are very personal to them. Absolutely. Um, Mom and Uncle Frank, I know you had obviously kids more in the the 90s. I know I was the 80s, but really it was at that point almost the 90s. Um, Mom and I talked a little bit about bringing me when I was four months old. Um, what I guess do you have any other memories that stand out from from uh, bringing Michelle and myself in uh, in the 90s? So, well, my first. I mean, bringing you to 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 Disney in uh, when you were four months old, we took Nana with us, and I remember she hadn't been there for a really long time. So we walked through Epcot together, and I remember just she was just so happy to be there and walking around the countries, and and um, and you were just always so good in the stroller. So you just sat in the stroller, and again, you you know you would always just take in. You were you're always you've always been a sponge. So you would just take in everything, every sight, every sound, everything that you could possibly take in. You were just soaking it all in. Um, and we went. I mean, it's hard to say one memory because to me, it's like every vacation that we took, there was always something that was better than the last one, whether it was. The resorts that we stayed at because we used to stay at the Port Orleans a lot. Um, so I remember staying yeah. there was always a lot of fun. And then, you know, just um, the, the different attractions. I mean, you know, I remember your first few years of going into Pirates of the Caribbean, you used to be scared. You know, I remember um, that very well. Yeah. More than the Haunted Mansion, I was scared of Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I remember when I was a kid, I was always afraid of the Haunted Mansion because I thought like, wow, there's ghosts in here. There's literally ghosts. And oh my God, this floor is moving, you know? So like all these things were happening and there were so many spooky things going on in the Haunted Mansion. I remember used to be freaked out going through that. Now, of course, I, you know, the magic is still there, but you understand a little bit better because you know how it works. Yeah. So when we started taking Michelle, then you were just a few years old and it was again, just even more magical because now you didn't have one child. You had two children live, reliving your childhood, so to speak, just like I did going through the parks and doing the same attractions and then newer attractions. And so experiencing that as a family, as a whole was again, some of the best memories I have and will always have with me is just taking you on, on those, on those rides into those attractions and, um, you know, going to Animal Kingdom even for the first time was was fascinating. It was like, wow, you know, we got there. I think did we get there? It was um, a soft opening. It, soft it wasn't open. officially open yet. Yeah. So I remember, you know, going there and thinking, wow, they just keep on adding and adding, and like this is just amazing. Um, so again, like I kind of group things together. I don't have any one specific memory. I just look at it as one big, beautiful family vacation and one big, beautiful adventure and experience. And that's what Disney does best is they make your experience in their parks and in their resorts and anywhere on their properties magical. Just the way that they treat the people. The way, I mean, I wish that I wish that everybody in the world could treat each other the way that the that Disney cast treats their guests. Because I, if we did, we'd all be in a much better place in this world. Um, I think we should really respect each other. And I'm not getting political. I just, this for me is just, I, I, I think that they have just found that sweet spot of knowing how to treat their guests 
um, and how to make their family vacations or their solo vacations, whatever that might be, um, the best experience it possibly could be. And that's what it's always been for us. And that's why we keep going back. <laughs> and that's yeah. why we keep on doing, you know, these reunions and things. It's like, let's go to, let's go to Disney because it's, 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 it's one of the best places you can go. One of the happiest places on earth. <clears throat> for sure. Um, I, yeah, a lot of the Disney vacations for me growing up were blended together too. I have a lot of memories. I can't trace it back to a particular vacation because we went thankfully so often <laughs> that mm -hmm. they do blend together. Right. But early childhood, I do remember being afraid of Pirates of the Caribbean, not being afraid of the Haunted Mansion, go yeah. figure. <laughs> and I also remember distinctly going to 1900 Park Fair oh. every year or as all, many, many times. Yeah. I remember Chef Mickey's, but 1900 Park Fair for me going to have breakfast there. Um, and the one thing, because Uncle Bob and Uncle Frank talked about the Belgian waffles, the positive the and waffles, the negative yes. feeling. Um, <laughs> the one, the, ironically, the one thing that I remember for taste from 1900 Park Fair is actually the Rice Krispie Treats because most places you go, the Rice Krispie Treats are prepackaged. The ones that you buy and they do have a slightly more artificial flavor, but the Grand Floridian always made theirs fresh and yep. um, from scratch. And I could taste that. And it was one of those, um, one of my earliest favorite Disney tastes is uh, those Rice Krispie Treats from 1900 Park Fair. Absolutely. And you know what, going for those character breakfasts was a way to start out the morning, kind of just getting into it, whether it was there or the Crystal Palace. We went there sometimes too, but um, yeah, the Grand Florida 1900 Park Fair was, was my personal favorite. I think all of our personal favorites. Um, and mm -hmm. it was just so exciting to sit there, get your food, get the waffles, because we did love those waffles. And like you said, the Rice Krispie Treats, but all the food was just so good. And waiting for the characters to come to your table was, you know, so exciting just to see the looks on your faces and you guys would get your autograph books together and you get your pens out and, you know, you'd wait for them to come over and then the look on your face again, when they, you know, when they would come over and they would talk to you. And it was, it was, it, again, it was a very magical experience and just starting out breakfast. And then we would get onto the monorail from there and we would go into the parks and it was a, a great start to the day. Yeah. And a great end to the day when you get back to the lobby and hang out in the Grand Floridian lobby and hear the piano and the Grand Floridian Society Orchestra and um, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of great memories. Um, Uncle Frank, I don't want to leave you out with Eric. And then I also left out Brian. So I'm curious if um, I'll start with Uncle Frank. Do you remember taking Eric when he was younger or do you like what do you, what do you remember about his first trip to Disney? Well, I, the first time he went, I think we were he was four years old. And I remember the awe on his face as we went through all the different rides, like the, I remember he went on the carousel by Cinderella's castle and his mouth was open all the while because he just saw all the, um, everything, the attractions around it, the people, the, the music, everything. Uh, I also remember a funny thing where we're on the monorail and we were going into the hotel, which I can't think of the name of right away that we go through to get to which park i'm sorry when you're on the monorail and you're going to magic kingdom you go through the hotel there the oh the contemporary was that the contemporary i'm sorry thank you yeah the contemporary hotel and i remember he was like oh he started screaming he thought we we're gonna crash into the building and i <laughs> laughed we laughed so hard and the man next to me said and he was about maybe 60 years old he said 
I thought the same thing. <laughs> it, was, it was just great. And uh, the other thing, too, is the same situation, but his was Space Mountain. He was scared. He thought, oh, this is going to be so cool when he was older, I should say. Not when he was four, but when he was older. He was so excited to go on Space Mountain. And when he comes off, he, he started to cry a little bit. And he goes, I'm never going on that ride again. <laughs> <laughs> but, of course, he's gone on it since. Of course. And uh, the other thing I think he loved was uh, Peter Pan's flight in Magic Kingdom. He just thought that was fascinating. We went on that like three or four times and had to wait on long lines three or four times. Yeah. (laughs) But it was worth it. It was just worth to see on his face and the memories from that. And, of course, the um, fact we were at the uh, Animal Kingdom and there's a, a restaurant uh, that is near the um, the safari. Tusker House. And, yes. And they have uh, bands from uh, playing from the Congo, all these drums. And he's out there hitting the drums and playing, and everybody's recording him playing the drums. And uh, then, of course, some of the... Uh, the uh, people in the band come over and they're accompanying him. And it was just a wonderful, wonderful experience. Something that, you know, we recorded it, of course. And uh, he has those fond memories to look back on, even though he was probably maybe too young to remember them. But like Lori said, a lot of times those videos either spawn memories or just give you that wonderful experience that you couldn't remember. Yeah, of, of course. Um, and Uncle Bob, do you remember taking um, Mike and Brian in the 90s? I know we didn't even talk too much about MGM Studios. Do you remember MGM Studios at all back in the day? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember now. <laughs> old MGM. Uh, yeah, somewhat. I, I remember not so much MGM itself, but the big disappointment when they had the big ear gift shop being put up in front of the great movie ride. Yeah. Uh, that was the beginning for me to say, what is Disney doing? They were kind of on the downhill <laughs> then between that and the, uh, and all of the, what, what I call a graveyard of Epcot, <laughs> which thankfully we've now, now removed. Uh, but it, with, with Brian, actually his first experience, so to speak at Disney was um, in the room because um I had gotten Connie a Christmas present, which was for us to go to Disney since we love Disney so much. And we thought we'd take a trip down to Disney for, um, for Christmas. And me being a guy and not realizing, well, Connie was six months pregnant with Brian. So she said, <laughs> and we were going to fly down. So she said, you do realize I'm six months pregnant, don't you? I said, yes, and? <laughs> so we got to the doctor and we went down there. So Brian got to explore basically um, you know, being carried by Connie the whole time, obviously, in her womb, uh, got to explore Disney World. And, uh, and we were actually on the University of Energy, and Connie almost fainted because she was pregnant, and it was so hot in that ride at the time. Uh, so that was not the best decision I had made in my life as far as a Christmas present. But we, had, we had a great time. As far as uh, with, with Brian, in the late 80s and early 90s, when we did take him down, he was about, I guess, six months or a year old. We went down the next year. So just you know, seeing, like Lori mentioned, seeing Disney through your children's eyes, you know, and reliving that within you, the childhood within you or the child within you. And that's what I was find to be so magical about Disney is that it's the one place in this world you can go to, and it's almost always the same. 
Yes, they add attractions, they change things from time to time, but going down Main Street, it's just like it was for the most part, at least in my memories, as, as, a, as a young teenager. And it's clean. It's uh, like Laurie said, the, the people, the cast members, I do wish the whole world was able to, to treat each other the way that they treat um, all the, uh, the guests, because it's just one of courtesy. It's, it's, it's a place where I love to escape because it's so much fun. And because Mike and Brian uh, and, you know, went down with us all these years, uh, they have, you know, this wonderful sense of joy going to Disney. And it's the one place now that they are, they've been adults for many years, it's the one vacation that the four of us can take together that we still do. You know, I mean, Kai and I will take our own vacations, obviously, and they take their own vacations. But when it comes to Disney, it's the one thing we'll just get a, a, like a two bedroom condo and we'll just go down to Disney World and we'll hang out for the week and look at the family reunions we've had. Yeah. They, they're fantastic. And the fact that all of our kids have grown up uh, with Disney because we have all loved Disney. It's something which I don't think people who are not Disney fans can completely understand. It's kind of like if you have a dog and don't have a dog. If you have a dog, you understand as a member of the family. For those who have never had a dog, sometimes it's hard for them to understand. You know, they just think it's an animal that's not a member of the family. And I think Disney's the same way. For all of us, uh, obviously many people listening to this, they're Disney fans. Um, we understand that Disney in of itself is a family. It's a commonality amongst many of us. And we can share those experiences. And every time you go back, it's a joyful place. And for some people, they just don't understand why would you want to spend the money and the time to go there? And it's just how we were brought up and what we used to. Yeah, I love the fact that we've had those family reunions um, all together. I think the first big one we have was for my birthday a few years ago. And then Uncle Bob, your birthday was another big one that we had, which was a lot of fun. Um, Uncle Bob, I think you put it really well. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm curious to see, because I know one of, the, one of the things that people talk about with families who go to Disney frequently is you've been to Disney. Why would you go back? Why don't you go to, you know, take the kids to Europe or take the kids to the Caribbean or take the kids to another place in the U.S.? And I know we have done that. Um, you know, I've been moms and mom and dad. My mom and dad have been fortunate to take me to a number of those places. And we visited pretty much almost the entire country, even with our cross cross country trip and going to California and going to Disneyland because of that too. But um, why make the decision to continue to go to Disney when there are other places that you could go to as well? It's a loaded I, question, I'm gonna, but I'm going to answer <laughs> yeah. that because you know, when you're going to get some, when you know, when you're getting quality and you know, you're going to be, the money, look, it costs money to go to Disney, of course, right? It costs money to do anything, to go on any vacation. Um, but when you know the experience that you're going to get out of it, and there's always something new, there's always either a new attraction, or even if there's not a new attraction, sometimes you go back and you see, you notice things that you didn't notice before. You might see something that you didn't see before. You might find that hidden Mickey that you didn't notice before, right? And your experience is always going to be slightly different than the time you went the last time. Or maybe you get to see an attraction that you didn't see when you were there last. And it's always going to be a slightly different experience. But I think we all know that it's almost guaranteed that it's going to be an amazing experience. It's like 
why would you go back? You know, if you love a restaurant so much, why would you go back to that restaurant? Because you know, you love that restaurant. You know, you're going to go back for more because you had such a great experience there. And it's the same thing with Disney for us, at least, you know, you were talking about some people don't appreciate Disney, like Disney fans do, you know, because we know, because we were, you know, pretty much grew up at the parks and going back for vacations, even though we lived so far away, it was always a place that we went to. It's just the thing that you love so much, you have this passion for it. And so when you love something that much, you always want more and more and more. And for all of us who love Disney so much, we can never get enough of Disney because it's just such an amazing place and such a, a magical place to be in a happy place. And, and even if you're in a really bad mood, you can't go to Disney and stay in a bad mood. <laughs> you know, it's even at the end of the day, like how, it doesn't matter how many times I've seen the fireworks. The fireworks always amaze me. I'm still, I still get goosebumps every time I watch the fireworks, the way that it's orchestrated, the music to, to it's just, it's so, it's so fascinating. And it's just so amazing that if you're a Disney fan, you can never get enough. What it brings to me is that I can relive my childhood in a way. And that's one thing I really enjoy is that I can, feel like a kid, act like a kid, and not be embarrassed by it. And it also gives me the joy to see that, like in a movie, if you see a movie, you see it three or four times, you kind of relive that enjoyment each time. And uh, that's, that's what it does for me. I think that's, both of you said it perfectly. You know, it's kind of like, why do we go back for ice cream all the time? <laughs> True. <laughs> Uh, I guess you can call it an addiction in some case, but in a good way. Um, you know, when you have memories of very fond memories and you keep on repeating that, those memories become stronger. They become, you know, more um, passionate about that. And to the point where, like Frank said, you know, the older we get, the, the more we appreciate it, and the more that it's something you want to go back to. And not that you want to relive your childhood necessarily. I mean, yes, you do to some sense, but then you're also looking at children in the park. And besides the ones that are crying, it's going to happen, you know, all that. But they're they're having fun. You see these kids smiling. Like this is the this is the way the world should be if it only could be this way, right? People are happy. It's not just you being happy. Almost everybody there is is happy. Uh, take timeouts and what have you, as we all did, right? At, at uh, noon, when it's the busiest, uh, you know, in the park, you'd go back to the hotel, take a break, and then go back later in the afternoon, things like that. So. It's just those memories that keep on building every time you go there and you have a great time each time. Now, yes, I must admit there are times that, you know, we, we've gone twice or three times in one year and for a week at a time, by the third trip, by the third day of that trip, you're kind of like, oh, I've been there, done that. Maybe it's <laughs> time to go back home. There is a certain time limit at some point, right? Yeah. That you say, okay, we've had a lot of time. Or if it's been crowded you know, trying to avoid those crowds. Like we were just there uh, three weeks ago, right? And Disney's at 50% capacity. And when they first reopened in the summer at Disney World, they had um, very low attendance. So the news reports were, you can go to Disney, they're very safe, and you can uh, just walk onto any ride. Well, we were there in early October, and yes, they were very safe. And that's other many things I love about Disney. They take things very seriously, and they were extremely safe in all their uh, procedures. But the capacity was at 50%. And because of the safety measures they put into place, 
those lines were one hour to two hours long. So as much as we loved being back down at Disney, the reality is we're used to going through fast pass and just knowing what time of the year to go to walk on or maybe a 10 or 15 minute line for most attractions that we go on, Connie and I go on, and to wait an hour, an hour and a half for the same attraction like Haunted Mansion or Pirates or things of that nature. It just wasn't worth it, right? So I'm going to forget that memory <laughs> and not have it, you know, mess up the rest of my memories at Disney, but it was still great to be there. It was still a happy place to be. Yeah. Even under these conditions, it was still a great place to be. Yeah. And that's why a lot of people are going back um, is because of the safety and the common response I hear. Um, two things. One, the only negative feedback I hear is from people who didn't go <laughs> and didn't experience it themselves um, with a couple of really a couple of really small exceptions. Um, and then two is that, um, you know, that people feel safer at Disney than they do in their local grocery stores in some cases, just because of the safety measures they, they've mm -hmm. taken. Um, all that aside, I know it's, it's a really particular period of time. A um, couple of, of remaining questions are um, starting with one is the idea of legacy because one of the themes that's emerging as we're talking is the fact that these traditions started back with even, you know, Nana and Pop, and they brought you to Disney and to the World's Fair and to see Disney films. And then you guys have brought your kids to, to Disney movies and Disney World. And um, now even as adults, all of us are going to Disney when we can. Uh, we love going with you guys, but then we've even gone without you guys on occasions to uh, to Disney. Um, of course, I've I've worked at Disney and now have this thing going for you know Disney podcast, and I anticipate that we'll continue to go to Disney with you know our kids in the future. Um, I know Brian has has many Disney future, Disney vacations in his future too, um, and uh, so what does that? Um, I guess my question is. How does it feel to see that that legacy continue as as your kids, as us, as we get older and continue to go to Disney um, with you as much as we can, but then also even without you on our own vacations? I actually had this thought well, before you even asked this question, because I was thinking about what we were talking about, how it's so multi-generational and and, you know, Frank, you were saying, you know, it doesn't matter how old you are, right? You, you, so I'm thinking when we first went there, we went with our parents and our grit and our grandparents. And, you know, and then, of course, then we took you and then we took, you know, our kids. But then when I like for Matthew, for us, for example, we took Nana with us on your first trip. So it was mm -hmm. your grandmother and us and you. And I can't wait for the day when you guys have kids and we can go with you and our grandkids and it's sort of like that legacy that you just keep on it just keeps going on it just doesn't stop because again it's such an amazing experience to go to disney and because we love it so much that we want all of our family to enjoy it together and and i think living it then through you know the eyes of your children or your grandchildren just brings you back to your childhood and it's just such a special feeling That's perfect, exactly that, what I'm thinking as well, Laurie. Um, the fact that we, you know, our, someday when we have grandchildren, 
number one, uh, telling our kids, so you and your spouse go off somewhere, just leave us alone with your kids. You know, <laughs> let's, take your grand, let's take our grandkids to Disney. Um, and uh, don't bother us, we'll see you sometime tonight. Uh, <laughs> of course, we can, we can give them back, right? So that's okay. So, but seeing, like Lori said, seeing Disney through the eyes of a really young child again, you get to re-experience Disney in a whole different way. And it was with, you know, when, with me as a teenager seeing Disney and then having our own children and seeing Disney through their eyes as they grew up and seeing it even through their eyes now to some degree. And, and they far exceeded my understanding of all the intricacies of Disney. I mean, like you, Matt, uh, you know, Mike and Brian are amazing in the knowledge of, of trivia of Disney. Uh, understanding how uh, everything works there. I try to do the best I can and take the backlog tours and you know, I take great pride in my knowledge of Disney, but they far exceed uh, what I know. And no doubt their kids will maybe hopefully exceed their knowledge. In their <laughs> and I'll yeah. take great joy in, in knowing that. Um, but just, you know, being able to pass on happiness. I think that to me is the, is the, is the big legacy is that we, Frank, Laurie and I have been extremely fortunate growing up in our lives. We've had, a, 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 I would say, a magical childhood in, in many ways. I mean, nothing's perfect, but it truly is as close as it can get with fantastic parents and just a, a wonderful life that gave us a, a foundation for the lives that all three of us have now. And you want that for your children, right? You want them to succeed, whatever way that they define success, whether it be you know, financial or in, in relationships or you know, in whatever it, you know, whatever it happens to be in their lives. You want them to be successful and you want them to enjoy life and have fun in life. Otherwise, why are we going around this, this world, right? If it's not to try to have the best life we can have. So you want your children to have that and you want your grandchildren, obviously, to have that as well. So Disney plays a small role, but still a role in all of that. And to see your children and your grandchildren get passed on that joy and hopefully they'll, they want to keep on repeating and going back to Disney or other you know, venues, not just Disney, but things that make them feel at peace and satisfied and something which they'll get, they will then, our grandchildren will someday pass on. Disney may not exist, you know, 40 years from now, who knows, but something will definitely take its place, whatever it is. There'll always be joyful areas in this world and just to see them pass that on, that to me is what the legacy is all about. Couldn't add anything more to that. <laughs> Actually, I, I wanted to add one thing to that, and, and that is, so when I look back at these films, and unfortunately, they don't have sound to them, yeah. so we can't hear the magical sounds, we can't hear the voices, but the one thing I do see in, in these films of our childhood is because, you know, we lost our father at such a young age, um, and I see dad in these films of World's Fair, and, you know, Magic Kingdom and you know going to Walt Disney World and 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 all these great things you know when you record this especially you put it on film you put it in pictures those are the happiest memories that we have together and it's just so nice to to be able to look back at that and see the great times that we had together and to know that Disney was all a part of that I mean of course it was not our whole life but it was um, you know a, a small part of our life but a very important part of our life. So the last question I have, which was tied in a little bit with the previous question, but just to leave with one final thought, looking back on this conversation and all these 
memories that we have up to this point, and I'm looking forward to the memories we have ahead. What are any remaining takeaways you have or memories that sort of encapsulate our family traditions uh, at Disney? Good question. I think it's the, the family, the, the fact that Disney is family. Every time we think of Disney, it's always a family, an event. Um, whether you're watching a cartoon with your child, whether you're going to a park, whether you're, um, you know, going in hotels or, or their uh, uh, restaurants, it's always family. And that to me is the defining line when it comes to Disney and, um, and joy and happiness. That's the other two. I mean, every time I think of Disney, those are three things always come to mind. Yeah. I, I definitely agree. I think it's knowing that there's a place that is so familiar uh, in our lives, but yet also knows that change is constant, right? There's always, life doesn't stay still. Life can't be the 1950s, and we wouldn't want it to be the 1950s. Mean <laughs> Street is. I couldn't imagine being back in the Beaver Cleaver days. Uh, living, uh, so, you know, change is always going to happen. It's important that it does and, and uh, life improves because of it. But it's still, it's still nice to be able to have some place of familiarity that we, we go back to. Family is definitely the number one part of that. Knowing that, for example, all of us here, uh, you know, we are very close to family, fortunately, and we all love Disney. That's played a, a, a decent role in all of our lives and our children's lives as well. Uh, so to me, I agree, Frank, it's, it really is about family. It's about stories. Disney is a, is a master and the master at storytelling, uh, whether it be through their movies, through their, their parks, even their attractions. Their, their attractions tell a story. I go back to you, the first question you had asked uh, us, and, and my answer was favorite attraction. And I mentioned American Adventure. And talk about storytelling. You know, you sit there and you watch in a 15 to 20 minute show what, all right, I, granted, it's a purified version in many ways of, of America's history. Yeah. But you sit there and you, you see what accomplishments and struggles uh, this country has had. And that's no different than we have in families as well. So I think the storytelling is what brings me back to Disney and my enjoyment of Disney. And in their movies, there's always something to learn. Uh, in, I mean, Mary Poppins, to go back to that first question too, with Mary Poppins, you think of the story there and how a father who wasn't spending time with his children, and he learned toward the end um, what really mattered in life. And I think to me, that's what it comes down to. You know, what matters to you the most in life? And if it's family and enjoying time together, uh, and appreciate each other, then, then I think Disney is, has done a great job. Yeah, I mean, you both, you both said it beautifully. And the only thing I would add is that to me, it's just, it's about, like you said, family time. It's about making memories, just like the song says, you know, making memories. Um, so you're taking the old memories, you're gathering them with the current ones, and then you're making new memories. And for me, it's just a lasting impression that you leave a legacy, like we talked about a legacy with your children. You know, I, I know like between our grandparents, 
our parents, us, our children, and then hopefully one day our grandchildren, that, that will be a very similar thing that we all love to do together. And when we are at Disney, we forget about all the other things going on in the world. You know, it's that one place that we can go to that makes us all feel happy and united. And um, it, I don't know how they do it, but there's definitely some pixie dust in the air or something, I'm not sure, but there's definitely a magic going on there and they've created that so well and they've kept it going. And I think, it, like you said, Matt, what makes you keep on going back, it's just, it's creating more and more memories and it's having that family time together. And we've only done it together as, as families with our children or, you know, it's, it's just something that I think we're always going to love doing whether it's, you know, individually as a, as a couple or, you know, with our children, but it's making memories. It's, and it's making new memories constantly. And I look forward to, I look forward to more reunions and more going back and, and uh, more family vacations. It, It just, every time it just gets better and better. Yeah. Same here. Uh, any happy occasion to go down to Disney is a, a good occasion to me. So as I noticed to all of us, but, um, well, to all three of you, thank you so much for being on the show and, uh, sharing all these personal stories. Um, I know it gives the listeners a little bit more of an idea of, of, um, our upbringing, but really I am hoping that those listening at home are nodding their heads and realizing they have a lot of the same traditions. And although the stories aren't exactly the same, that, um, it is that idea of Disney and family together in this, that, that's, uh, is what we love most about uh, the most magical place on earth. So thanks to all three of you for uh, fielding my questions and being on the show. Thank you, Matt, for inviting us. And with that, we close out episode 91 of the Imagineer podcast. I, of course, want to thank my mom and my Uncle Frank and Uncle Bob for coming onto the show and talking about their experiences. I know that thinking back to 60 plus years ago can uh, take a lot of memory to make that happen. So I appreciate the three of them taking the time to look back at old photos and videos and recall some of their earliest memories of visiting, dating back to the 1964 World's Fair and seeing Disney movies back in the day um, to, of course, today and everything in between. I, of course, want to turn the conversation over to you and hear what your most cherished Disney family memories or traditions are. If you have a family legacy you've created of visiting the Disney parks, I, of course, want to hear it all. And you can send me your answers and feedback in so many different ways. Of course, you can reach out to me on social media at Imagineer Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and TikTok, on Twitter at Imagineer News, and perhaps the best way to converse not just with me, but with other listeners in this community is to join our Facebook group, The Imagination, also called the Imagineer Podcast Disney Fan Community, where you can 
talk about this topic and all other Disney topics. It's a great group of folks. You can join us there. But if you reach out to me on social media, you can, of course, feel free to post about this subject on your feed, in your stories, or in a direct message. And you can also email me at imagineerpodcast at gmail.com. Of course, if you don't already subscribe to the show, be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button, whether you're listening to us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, or any other podcast app, which will ensure that you are the first to know when new podcast episodes become available. And if you have 10 seconds to leave us a rating in the Apple Podcast Store, and if you have a minute or two to leave us a review in the Apple Podcast Store as well. I read each and every review I receive and appreciate so much all of you helping us to maintain a five-star rating in Apple Podcasts, which does so much to support the show. And I, again, will often share these ratings and reviews to my Instagram stories. And more importantly, it just does so much to help this community out. So I do greatly appreciate it. But perhaps the best thing you could do to support the show is very simple, and that's just to share the word of Imagine Your Podcast. Whether you share out this podcast episode, any other podcast episode of the show, a uh, the podcast as a whole, or share out a post we have on any of our social media channels, or even if you just talk about the show with your family and friends, perhaps recommend Imagineer Podcasts to someone else you know who loves all things Disney, that's probably the best thing you can do for helping this show out. And if you would like to take your love of Imagineer Podcast to the next level, definitely look into Imagineer Society, which you can learn more about by going to patreon.com slash Imagineer Podcast. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And I have a link directly to Imagineer Society in the notes of this podcast episode. Essentially, that's a way you can help to support the show financially. And in return, you get extra special perks, benefits, and rewards at every level of membership, which starts at just $1 a month, which is $12 a year course the more you can support the show the more benefits you get in return the benefits are always subject to change but examples of things you can get depending on your level of membership include access to a private facebook group just for imagine your society members access to my close friends list on instagram we do monthly virtual events where we gather together and either watch something on Disney Plus together or we'll have a video call to talk about anything that's been going on in the previous month and just chat about all things Disney. Bonus podcast episodes, early access to all podcast episodes, access to my podcast production notes, and so much more. You can learn all about the benefits by going to, again, patreon.com slash Podcast, and I so greatly appreciate those of you who continue to support the show through Patreon. I would also encourage you to check out our partners. First, definitely look into The Kingdom Insider by going to thekingdominsider.com or following The Kingdom Insider on any social media channel to get the most up-to-date and accurate information about all things Disney and some great tips about how to make the most 
of your next Disney vacation and to bring the magic of Disney into your own home. Especially now, I find that it is a very different time to visit Disney. And I, in particular, even personally, um, am not quite as sure about how to do it as I used to be. And the Kingdom Insider has some great updates and information that help keep me informed about uh, my next Disney vacation. Speaking of which, when you are ready to book your next trip to Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Line, Adventures by Disney, or any other Disney destination, look into our travel partner, Academy Travel, because they have been helping to plan vacations for over 25 years, and they are diamond earmarked the highest level of distinction that Disney awards travel agencies because of their level of service and their ability to help you to not only make the most of your Disney vacation, but even potentially save you money on your next Disney trip. The best part about it is it is all done at no additional charge to you. So it's really a no-brainer when it comes to planning Disney vacations. You can request a free quote from them, no obligation, by clicking on the uh, vacation links in the description of this podcast episode or by going to imagineerpodcast.com click on the travel drop down and then select your destination fill out that form they will get back to you as soon as possible with a free quote no obligation last but not least i hope you are doing everything you possibly can to make the most of your life to go after your hopes and your dreams whatever they might be Whatever goals you might have, we are quickly approaching the new year, so it's a good time to reflect back on the accomplishments you've made in 2020, the ways in which you have propelled your life, your career forward, and others around you as well, and start making that 2020 goal list. Whatever your goals might be, go after them, write them down, do whatever you can to make your dreams come to life. And remember, as always, that inspiring quote from Horizons, if you can dream it, you can do it. Thank you so much for listening to the show, and we'll see you again in a future episode of the Imagineer Podcast. Back then, they were making memories. memories.